0: You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business.
1: Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross.
2: And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 229, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says the best people, they are not recruited. The best people are attracted by a great culture asks the question of you, is your company, does your business, even if you're a solopreneur with only one or two team members, do you have a really good culture that attracts the best people? Well, today we're going to find out what that entails to make sure that you do. Joining me on today's show is Trevor Thraness. Trevor's business task is to be a support, a guide, a friend to leaders, and to help them shoulder some of the stress that comes with leading a business that is in growth. And he helps these leaders think through tough people issues and I'm sure we've all got uh, horror stories. On today's show Trevor specifically is going to talk about how to make people decisions that will double your results relieve your stress, as well as cause team morale to soar. He's also going to talk about some tips and strategies that will help you attract and retain the very best talent, as well as how to deal with difficult people problems in an objective and a kind way, and so much more. So welcome to the show, Trevor.
0: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
2: This is an issue that I think uh, many ambitious entrepreneurs don't really think about until they start to feel the uh, pangs of, of growth and they realize, I just can't do all of this myself. I need to hire people and if they don't put any strategy thought behind that, they can end up... up costing them a lot of of time money and energy and, and even brand uh recognition if you get the wrong people into the wrong roles but firstly let's back up to make sure we're all on the same page when you talk about culture what do you mean
0: well you know uh, my thought is that you know there's a lot of talk about culture i'm just talking about the work environment yeah and to me it's a really simple uh it's a really simple equation that, and that is that that great cultures uh don't allow people to chronically underperform and stay in mm-hmm. their seats and have bad attitudes and be unproductive. Yes. Uh, and and uh, weak cultures just allow that to go on forever, and they don't uh, do anything about it, and don't fix it. And it yes. brings morale down. People have to cover those roles and they have to live with the toxicity that comes from it. So it's a big deal today for sure.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for our listeners, we've got a number of of, uh, different stages of business, if you will. We've got solopreneurs who are maybe bringing on part-time people, maybe even some contractors as they're building their business. We've got some that have already one or two team members but need to grow. And maybe then their experience with those existing team and not the best or not what they'd hoped for a lot of the strategies are going to talk about today I'm assuming are going to be relevant across the board yes
0: well yes and and, you know I I would just say a word for the solopreneur as Mm. well or the consultant or or that type of person I have a I have a team and they're mostly virtual I have a publicist I have an accountant I have a bookkeeper I have a personal assistant who does scheduling and then I have people who do graphics work and stuff like that for me And I want A players in those seats too. Mm. So they may not be direct employees for you, but they still need to be people that uh, that you feel are, are really A players. And then yes. if they're your direct employees, you know, then of course all the more so.
2: Oh, if, absolutely. If you've got
0: if you've got three or four or five people around you, you are in the people business. You're not yes. just in the. You know, uh, manufacturing, consulting, retail, food, whatever it is. You're in the people business. You've got to wrap your head around that.
2: Absolutely. You know, something that I often hear people say, uh, you know, solopreneurs say, and you probably do too, Trevor, and it kind of makes me shake my head on the inside. Well, I don't have a very big team. I'm not going to have a very big team, so I don't need to really worry about that. The thing is we do even more so because of the fact that we want a lean team. We want to make sure we get the right people in the right roles that we don't have to micromanage. That's another issue that some of us face face in not being able to, to give over control makes it even more important because we don't have time to have the wrong people and all of the, the issues and the time that it takes and, and the, it costs in dealing with the people issues that I know that you help a lot of your clients with let's talk about making people decisions that double your results relieve stress and cause team morale to soar maybe start off with some of the things that you see that will cause it from not happening because sometimes you know by pointing out some of the issues and problems that can sometimes happen alerts people to go actually, that's happening for us. And maybe we're doing that too before we start laying some of the do's. What are some of the don'ts and things we need to be aware of?
0: Well, you know, let me just speak again quickly to the solopreneur. Mm. And and another great uh, way to use a, a simple tool around having eight players in your life is looking at your client base. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right now, I have about, uh, I have about 20 retainer clients in a month. And then I do lots of speaking and workshops and one off activities. And what I have found through my time in in that role is that working with a player clients, Mm -hmm. people who appreciate what I do, people who value what I do, and who are excited and who can pay what I need them to pay, uh, makes my life a joy. Yes. And working with working with, you know, uh, low end people who not who who need a lot of hand holding and don't want to take my advice and and quibble about money? They're probably not for me, mm-hmm. and they make my life miserable, just like your employees. So it's a wider question of who do you have around you? Mm-hmm. If they're employees, if they're your client base, if they're your virtual team, they need to be people that lift you. And you know, I, I ask one simple question around all these that cuts through a lot of the clutter around your people issues, and that is. If you could do it all over again, and, you know, back out all the ick of how would I replace them? And, you know, how would I deal with the relationship pain and all that? If I could do it all again, would I do it? And would I do it enthusiastically? And if so, you've got the right people there
2: yes absolutely Really simple <laughs> it is and you know sometimes hindsight is the best tool ever uh, but sometimes we don't know what we don't know so in other words we know that things aren't happening right but we don't have the right tools or even insights to help us plan to get the right people into place so what are some of the things that we do need to be aware of moving forward to get those right people in the right roles
0: well, there's a few aspects to that, but one that I would just suggest mm-hmm. is just consider this, okay? So whoever you're looking for for a role, um, let's say you're, you know, I, I'm thinking in uh, in Canadian dollars here, but whatever your currency is, yes. or, you know, American dollars. So let's say that that um, I had, uh, you know, $20 an hour to spend on a role. Mm-hmm. Within that band, there are people who are great, who are stars, who have a positive attitude, who are productive, and there are people who are not, and they're all paid the same. Mm. So, what I'm really shooting for is I'm shooting to get the best people available for the money that I'm able to pay. Yes, and and um, people, as you said when we started, people are not um uh recruited by finding recruiters or putting ads in the paper, they're attracted to great work environments mm-hmm. and they're attracted to places that are positive. Especially, younger people are looking for uh, places that understand them that want to further their career goals that Mm. want to give them feedback and that's warm. So they're looking for these things and we need to provide that
2: for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So you say a working environment in which um, that it is positive, that is going to um, to have that great culture. So you said feedback, opportunities to learn and grow. Are there What are some other aspects that we can start to ensure that our workplace is going to have a, a great environment where our staff members thrive and, and uh, really deliver their best A game?
0: Well, my contention in the book actually, is that there's one thing about all all those, uh, you know, all other criteria to making your place great. Mm. And that is that um, you you have to insist that everyone come with a, with a good attitude, mm. and they come to be productive in their roles. Because, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people leave places, and I've also been involved in interviewing lots of people who've yeah. come from other places. And the main reason people leave a job, It's not over money. Typically, if they're great people, it's not over money, unless we're talking crazy money. Mm. Typically, they leave because either they've run out of challenge—that's a good reason to uh, leave—or they're working with someone who's not an A-player, someone who has attitude issues and productivity, or worse, they're working for that person (laughs) because life's too short to be surrounded by people. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I just read um, uh, a thing in Forbes that I thought was so interesting. It just came out on National Bosses Day. Okay. Wow. And it said that 65% uh, of, of people who were surveyed would rather see their boss fired than get a raise. Wow. So all that says to me, I don't know, so it makes you wonder who came mm. up with National Bosses Day. It must have clearly have been the bosses because there's not that many people who want to celebrate them. No. But it says to me, there's a lot of unhappy people out there who are looking for better work environments. Mm. And if you provide that environment uh, you're going to attract those people because the more of them that you attract, mm-hmm. the more of them that you attract, yes. word gets around. You know, I work for a terrible place. Really? We have none of that at our workplace. Our workplace is great.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love my boss. Yeah. He's great. Or she's right. great. Yes. Yeah. How often does that happen <laughs> when that happens? That's golden. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know, as uh, ambitious entrepreneurs, we don't often want to have uh the thought that, well, maybe I'm the reason, and quite often it, it is the staff member the, the the leader who uh, is unfortunately turning away in individuals. And and as entrepreneurs that are working in, in a solar environment, so we are basically the leader, the buck stops with us. We need to take responsibility. One Great. of the things that I often hear, and I'd love your feedback on this, is that we know that we need to expand that we need to bring on team. However, when team members come, they find it very difficult to deliver their A game because the systems and processes are all over the place because we really as leaders haven't had to implement those. What do you say around that? We need to have the right processes in place so that our team can pick up and run with the ball and know what they're doing and
0: contributing. Um, That's a great point, Anne-Marie. So uh, I I have a simple mind, okay? Yeah. And and I have a, a little maxim that I live by and that is that Uh, simplicity brings focus. Mm -hmm. Complexity brings chaos. And so I've worked for places that do a billion dollars in sales. I've worked for places that do a million dollars in sales. And I always suggest Mm. before you're bringing someone on, make a very simple scorecard. And a scorecard just looks like what's the purpose of their job? Mm -hmm. Are they there to, you know, take care of all your um, uh, web work or Um, whatever it is, simple statement of purpose. And then what are... what are up to five measurable key results that you would like to them to accomplish in year one. Mm-hmm. And it forces you into thinking, what do I actually want? And what do I actually need? And how do I get this person pointed in the right direction? Mm. So, so, you know, it might be, you know, I want you to build a fully functioning website with a beautiful back end and, you know, and a store in it. Mm-hmm. And I want that done by the end of year one. That's yeah. first key result. It's measurable. We can all agree on, did you do it? Did you not do it? Mm. And it gives you direction because whatever the, the size, I find that, um, you know, people feel like I need help. So I need to hire somebody. You've got a good attitude. Mm. You seem like a nice person. But you first need to think, what do I actually need you to do in measurable terms? And that yes. goes a long way to helping, you know, uh, direct you in the right in the right way. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Because then, you know, if if you can see as the leader of your your business that uh, that team member has kind of gone off on a tangent, when you've got those measurable results, you can then take a step back and with them go, well, let's have a look at this. This is what we were hoping to achieve. Here are some of the milestones. They're not being achieved. What do we need to support you or, or what's not working so that you can reflect? Right. And and something else that will often happen too is, as uh, entrepreneurs, and I've seen this even many decades ago when I was working in smaller businesses, you'd have a team leader who would at the, you know, one telephone call from a client would go rushing out and the whole team at the back uh, we need to work on this. And then half an hour, we need, drop that. And it's kind of, I was told by the foreperson out in the factory, she said, next time that, you know, that business manager wants to come out, lock the door, don't let him in because yeah. he's causing issues. That is something that can really cause turmoil if we keep changing the goalpost and, and the milestones.
0: Yeah. yeah. So here's here's the heart of my book, mm. uh, Anne-Marie, And it's the idea that first you should say, what are the behaviours that I need around here in order for you to be successful mm-hmm. and be clear on them. And I suggest you have three Yes. and I've done this with so many companies and usually they fall around. What kind of attitude do you want a person to show up with it? Is it positive? Is it can do? Is it, you know, uh, you know, thorough, accurate. Um, uh, what kind of work ethic do you want them to have? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then how do you want them to treat other people around them? Yes. So, you know, So those three, those three things, if you define those things, Mm -hmm. then you can start to talk about the soft skills because, uh, over 80% of the time, I refer to this in the book that over 80% of the time when you hire someone and they don't work out within like, let's say a year's time, Mm -hmm. uh, the reason they don't work out is typically not due to competence. It's not that they're unable to do the job. It's that there isn't a fit there. Mm -hmm. They don't show the attitudes you need. Um, you don't get along with them. It's a chemistry issue so first i suggest define what those things are so everyone knows what those you know values are
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then uh and then define the productivity through a scorecard and then i just have a very simple grid and and i really suggest having a quick sit down conversation so I, I call it coach and connect mm-hmm. and it's a quick way to just sit down and say hey where are you on the chart how's your attitude i want you to score yourself out of our three things here mm-hmm. you know out of five score yourself on how do you feel your attitude is and then let's score you on how productive you are based on your simple scorecard. And then let's put you on a chart. Oh, you're an A player. I want to mm. retain you. You're a B player. You've got a nice attitude, but um, you could be more productive. So mm. do you need coaching? Do you need training? Uh, do we need to adjust the role? Do we need to have a reality talk? And so it just gives you a really simple HR plan for how do I move forward with this person? Mm. And it takes the very subject of things and makes it a little bit more objective
2: yes love 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 those when we're thinking about uh, retaining our a players because this can often happen too that we have the right person they're contributing well and then they get poached by someone else because you know right. our competitors or even people that we know can see that they're doing a great job what are a couple of things that we can consider implementing to ensure that no matter what offers our a team members are achieving or or, or receiving they say nope i want to stay with this organisation.
0: Well, again, I believe that people don't leave over money,
2: mm. typically.
0: It, when they leave over money, unless it's crazy money, then who knows. Mm. But if the, if they're leaving over just a, you know, a, a raise, yes. usually the, the root is something else. Mm-hmm. The root is they feel unappreciated, they're bored, or they're working with or for someone who's a non-star. They don't like the work environment. Yes. So I give a whole bunch of suggestions um, as to how to retain those A's. But the best way to do it, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, is to not tolerate the underperformance. Because we all get in a syndrome where where 80% of your development time and coaching time is spent with your worst people Ah. and 20% with your best. So you don't pay any attention to the people who are getting it. They're fine. So you end up spending all this time with with the winers, not the winners. Mm -hmm. And the winners are served up on a silver platter to your uh, competition because they get no attention, we're not talking about how they can grow or mm. how they're doing. So my thought is, if you're working with A players and you're developing them and and uh, you know spending your time with them, that's what makes them stay. Yes. And in fact, many times I've had people leave um, higher-paying jobs for lower-paying jobs because they think it's a better work environment. Wow. Like many many times, I've seen that happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially with
0: younger people, right? They're <laughs> oh, more values-driven. Yes.
2: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting because you know everybody, each and every person that that is on on our team um, has different requirements, has different ways they like to be communicated to and and so forth. But so this is probably, you know, a question it's going to depend on your your individual. But if we think about, you know, connecting with team, having those um, those conversations with them, is there a good time frame that, that that we should connect with them and say, "Well, let's check in, what are you doing?" Is is that something that you do weekly or what what kind of time frame do you suggest
0: okay well i just present a simple tool i call it coach and connect mm. and and my thought is we're going to have a quick discussion about it quarterly but it's quick okay yes. so it's just quickly go through the values how are you doing on those how productive are you mm. and and i give some suggestions as to um some just good questions that you can talk about that probably you don't talk about although you might talk all day long mm. things like um Things like, you know, what depletes you about this job? What brings you energy here at the job? Mm -hmm. Are are you facing any roadblocks? Are you making friends here? Does it feel like a fit for you? And, you know, areas of concern, I'm not uh, looking at, uh, you know, how to hammer that person. I'm more approaching it from saying, you know, I feel concerned. Mm -hmm. This is something I see coming up and I'd wanted to ask you about it because I care. I want us to do well. And I just feel concerned. I was wondering if you could tell me more about this. Mm -hmm. Because... All of our pain around people uh comes from people who were maybe they were once great and now they're slipping uh or people who we hired and promoted and now they're out of their ability level or um you know people who are maybe never a good fit so um you know bringing up those things and be able being able to discuss them is 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 key oh,
2: and, and rarely
0: do people actually have those discussions
2: yeah and I think what's really important is that we plan to do that even if we think everything is going smoothly because often when people have made a decision to leave um, even if it is for less money they're almost you know psychologically left anyway it sometimes can be really difficult to if if suddenly you hear there's inklings of them leaving to transform that to change that around have you found that to be true too?
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And also, how about encouraging your great people and letting Mm. them know that they're great? Yes. You know, and then they want to live up to your expectations. Mm. Most people just get no feedback at all. So, you know, we've been talking about problem people, but how about your great people? Are you recognizing them Mm -hmm. and letting them know that, that, you know, they're valuable to you? Um, You know, I work mostly with younger people Mm. and uh, um, I find that they want unprecedented levels of feedback. Yes, I was just reading about a a, an app that came out called Snapsure. And the idea is I go into a store, I find a shirt, I go into a change room, I take a selfie, send it out to my crowd, and then they write back buy or don't buy. (laughs) So like we're getting incredible amounts of feedback. And then we kind of think, hey, come on in here. Let's give it a couple of years. Maybe we'll talk if you do something wrong. I might, you know, give you a cuff and and if you do wow. well, who knows, maybe it'll get noticed, maybe not. This doesn't work anymore. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I, I, I have to say, you know, with my son, and he's uh, a millennial, he's younger, he he really is very much validated externally you know and even yeah. his parents so in, in the in the workplace even more so and loves opportunities to learn and develop and to contribute and get feedback because that inspires him you know to do more so right. you can imagine him sitting in the back office with hardly anybody around him and just sitting in computers kind of drives him <laughs> a little bit nuts. You know,
0: I've, got, I've got four Millennials and they're mm. all you know some are out of school and some are still in school but they all have jobs yes so I hear all that Yes. from their perspective yes. and what they think about uh, you know their workplaces and their bosses and yeah. you know when when i went to work at their age i just took whatever i whatever i was given and i worked as hard as i was told to and just shut up and yeah. took my paycheck we
2: did, did that's there, what we, we did yeah these days yeah, if they get a me, right? if they get a congratulations great job like an email a lot, one line it gets forwarded to me look at this mum oh great job <laughs> mate they love that external validation and as you said unprecedented uh, feedback because uh, and why wouldn't you do that? Even if you know, to us, it's kind of sees. I give myself a pat on the back if I know that I've done a good job. I don't have to wait for someone else to. <laughs> we all to like tell it, sure. Yeah. We all
0: like it. Yeah. It's just that it's 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 critical today. Yes. It's actually critical. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
0: and it's critical to have those discussions that are not about operational details, mm. but are about how are you doing, how are we doing, mm-hmm. how are you developing. Yeah. And and you know, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but. The whole performance review concept is over here. Yes. And, And we're looking to coach, right? How can I connect with you, mm. and how can I coach you to be your best? Yes, and so that's the that's the approach that I take.
2: Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that it's an evolving process too. I mean, if you're checking in and you create an environment in which your team members can feel safe um, to bring up, you know, instances where they may want to provide feedback to you, because maybe they can see, you know, we take for granted that these young people can often see new ways of doing things because they're very quick, uh, you know, in embracing technology. Technology and change uh, often. That um, you know, if we can create an environment, who knows where we could be? You know, two months, five months, twelve months down the track, if we embrace that and allow them to step forward and share their their ideas and, and contribute that way. Even if we don't implement, but having that, you know, and validating great idea, let's put that, let's keep that on the bandwagon for now, and and see if we can maybe integrate that down the track all very very important let's talk about something that i know many of us want to avoid it's dealing with difficult people often it's you know easy to try and sweep things under the carpet but as you said earlier since you need to address that because if we don't our a players can get can impact their performance and that could be a decision why they leave what are some ways that we can deal with uh, difficult people objectively and in a kind way
0: well, okay. So there's two kinds of, of difficult people for mm. me. There's there's difficult people who are productive mm-hmm. and good at their jobs, but toxic and difficult. Uh, Netflix calls them brilliant jerks. Okay, uh, and and then there are people who are unproductive and also have bad attitudes. Those people are easy. Okay, yeah. that's a that's a that's not a hard story. That's a sad story. Mm. So I'm sad about that. But it's clear what needs to be done. Yeah, it's the ones who are um, productive. I call them productive, but difficult, Mm -hmm. but they're called a lot worse. You know, everybody knows who the jerks are. We all know who these people are in in the workplace and dealing with them is hard because often they've got, they've got, um, you know, a strong skill set. And in fact, what I've found is, uh, the more specialized and the more training you have Mm -hmm. and the higher performer you have, the more likely you are to be a productive, but difficult Mm -hmm. because, you know, you think you're amazing and and you Mm -hmm. don't maybe have the best people skills. Yeah. Um, So, so dealing with those people, I have a recipe for each of these boxes and the recipe there is first to confront them and have a reality talk about their behavior, Mm -hmm. then to warn and coach them. And finally, if, if you can't get along without them for now Mm. to quarantine them and limit their, their access to other people. Yes. But I find that a lot of people like that first aren't aware that they are that and they don't understand the impact that they have on others. So I want to start there. Yes. But I do know that. If you're willing to put up with those people, they infect your culture, they uh, destroy everything that you're trying to build. And while you might uh, wonder how you'll ever get along without them, you've gone home and talked to your spouse or laid in bed at night wishing you didn't have to deal with them too.
2: Mm, mm, Yeah, because that preempts so much even you know dreading going to work the next day and having to put out fires and and, and things like that you know I, I remember one of my colleagues who um she was very personable she she shared a story once on how she dealt with a team member not in the best way but that she was trying to my, my team my um, colleague was trying to get some work done she needed some concentration and so she would closed the door of her office and the team member kept knocking on the door poking her head in and asking a question a hint that maybe the processes weren't in place, so the team member couldn't <laughs> go go on. Anyway, after about the third time, the door, knock knock on the door, and just. The team and well, my my colleague said, now pretend for one moment that you've got a brain and use it. <laughs> get out and don't bother me again. I don't know what <laughs> happened after that, but uh, when you get to that point, I think you, you really need to have taken a few steps back earlier and and, and address that. That's in, but anyway, that's right. a, something I, I uh, will often humour her with when I see her. But I think if we find that, uh, you know, Things like that are happening in the workplace. We may need to take a step back because other people in the uh, the organisation who hear and see that, whilst they may laugh at it, uh, even to themselves, it's not a very good culture. There's something going on there that that is yeah. not uh, conducive for either that team member who wasn't sure on how to move forward or maybe in the wrong, wrong role. Or maybe you as a leader are just not... Uh, Uh, yeah the the best kind of leader I mean all the things that you shared about today I know that you've got a book so I'd love for you um, to share how people can find out more because this whole leadership and team we cannot scale our businesses grow our businesses without key people in place and if we continue to have to put out fires all the time that's not conducive to, to our time so how can people find out more how can people access the book and what's the name of the book too
0: Right. Okay. Well, just a quick word to solopreneurs. Mm. If you are working with a business, um, you can be a hero in about 15 minutes mm-hmm. if you'll go through a basic chart with with uh, the leader that you're working with about how to make their people issues ob- uh, objective. Yes. And uh, just plotting people and say, let's just develop an HR plan for all of your key people and we'll do it in about half an hour. It won't take that long. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get our heads wrapped around making this better. Yeah. So we're not going to fix it. Today, we're not going to fix it tomorrow, but in a year's time, things are going to look very different. Mm. And that is so encouraging because with people problems, um, uh, business leaders despair a bit because they can't see their way through it. And you can help them a lot. So I actually have a copy of the book here. I'm going to put it up on camera. Fantastic! Yes. So it's called The Power of People Skills. And it's um, it's really how to fix your chronic people problems. Mm-hmm. Probably the easiest way to um, to get the book is to just hop on Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, look up uh, either uh, I'm sorry, the Power People Skills or my name, Trevor Thronus, mm-hmm. and you can find it there. And um, And I know it will be a help to
2: you. Oh, fantastic. And uh, just if you want to share one insight for someone who is struggling after hearing and and watching you share some things today, they recognize, you know what, the culture in our organization, even if it's a small business, is not where we want it to be. What's one insight that you want to share to encourage them? Obviously, go and get a copy of this book because it's going to do you a world of good. But what's one last insight that you'd want to share with them today?
0: Okay, I'm going to give you a hard insight, okay? Mm-hmm. The first insight is that your team is just a reflection of you. Yes. Your problem, you know, it's just a reflection of the way you manage, maybe the way you don't manage or lead. So my uh, my my insight would be start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you embodying the people you want? Like if you were to make a list saying, here's the perfect team member for me, are you are you that? Are right. you living that out? Mm-hmm. Because if you're doing that, then uh, attracting those people to you is going to be a lot easier. But I would just suggest that, you know, we're all amateurs, okay? Mm. Uh, Bill Gates and, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, as we're seeing, he is an amateur, actually. But but we're seeing that uh, everybody starts as an amateur, and that's okay. Yes. We, we all have areas that we don't know things. That's okay. We're, we're entrepreneurs. Mm. But just don't leave it there. Yes. Make sure you're educating yourself in areas that you need to get educated on, Be okay with being an amateur, just admit it and take a step forward. But I can promise you, if you want to get serious about it, I I do this with lots of businesses. And in the book, I've got like maybe 10 or more endorsements of people who have no more chronic people problems. Mm -hmm. And it takes, it's a process, depending on the size of your business, that takes about 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. And you can get to a place where, You just don't deal with those chronic things anymore. It's very possible. Yes. People from all industries do it. You can do it. Mm. So don't be discouraged. That's right. There's hope.
2: (laughs) There's hope. Even if you've got to change some things in, in, in yourself first. But uh, it it takes one decision and one action in the right place. And I love the way that you've said, you know, that we we may be amateurs and there may be ways that we've we've managed things that we can see, you know what, not the best way. And I think the best approach is to go and have a talk to that team member and apologise, you know, go because how would you like to be treated? And sometimes it's just a matter of saying sorry uh, and not having that arrogant attitude and when the team member feels validated and there is that apology let's move yeah. forward how can we how can we better and improve this and create an environment that you can thrive because you are doing the best uh and you you know you're well suited to the role and we don't want to lose you when you go with that yeah. attitude i think it becomes almost that they contribute to it they can ha- yes. have their say in developing uh, uh, and that can make a world of difference
0: yeah i'm a big fan in tra- of transparency and yeah. of owning your own mistakes because First of all, when you tell them, um, you know, your areas of weakness, it's not like you're informing them. Believe Mm. me, they already know. You're informing them that you have (laughs) self-awareness and you're also setting, um, you're setting the bar to say, it's okay to have weaknesses and to own them Mm -hmm. and to be transparent about it. And we're all going to work on them together. So you set that tone Mm -hmm. as a leader. And if you set the right tone, man, you don't have to enforce all the rules and everything. People are going to give you their trust, they're gonna reciprocate in the same way that you treat them. And it's really not that hard, okay? I've got four kids and and I often think of it as running a family, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Set the right tone, you don't have to discipline over Mm -hmm. every issue. Yes. But there's some battles you do need to fight. You get need to get clear on what those are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Wise, wise words, wise insights there. Thank you so much for coming on the show, everyone. We'll put all of those links to connect with Trevor on the show notes as well. Ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES229. Thanks once again for coming on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night.
1: You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com.